This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello, hello and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap with me, Dipanjana Pal and... Rajeshree Sen. This is a, a very special episode for us because we have some expert help on some extremely critical pop culture issues. Thank you, Abhinandan, for joining us this week. A pleasure. <laughs> He's also got his accent straight for us. Okay, so we've got um, we've got things that we want to tell you so far as the pop culture world is concerned. And you might be shocked that we found anything because no one's talked about anything but demonetization in the last week. We have found you an entertainment angle to demonetization yes. because we're cool like that. We've also got um, an expert review, like I said, of Rock On 2. We're going to tell you about Ajay Devgan's uh, contribution to the demonetization process. Over in America, there have been some really interesting comments and jokes and happiness uh, and sadness flowing because of President-elect Donald Trump. So we'll take you through all of that. All of this is coming up, but first, demonetization. Okay, Paytm the digital wallet company has had a series of ads which have come out ever since demonetization was announced. Actually, so the, it began with that full picture. Yeah, so right? that's what. So now, after that, Mr. Vijay Shekhar, who is the founder, he's the he's founder of Paytm. Founder of Paytm. He's been tweeting quite uh, ferociously about how this is an excellent measure and everyone should start using a digital wallet, which is true also. Wait, do we all use digital wallets? Do you have a digital wallet, Abhinandan? No, I don't have a digital wallet. What is in your <laughs> wallet right now? Do you have tons of 100 rupee notes? No, because I've cleared this phase when you even need cash. <laughs> you're truly cashless. Have you seen Get Shorty? Since yes. you're talking about, so in Get Shorty, uh, I think Get Shorty is the one of John Travolta and you know, it's about Hollywood stars. Yeah. That they just walk into hmm. a restaurant, they order food and they leave. Someone yeah. pays, someone. So I'm in that space. I like, so they don't carry any money. They, you don't <laughs> need money. No one asks, like if Shah Rukh Khan goes to a bar and he says, Dodena, ji, ye bil hai, kitna. no one asks Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah. That. So you haven't had a situation that was in the Paytm ad where um, a woman is sitting at a table. Actually, why am okay, I telling so you this? Listen to the ad. Evidently, this has not happened. You have not walked up to Ramakanji and said, hand over your 100 rupees. <laughs> No, on on this ad, I'd like to say that I thought the line that was insensitive was uh, drama mat karo, Paytm karo. Drama band karo, Paytm karo. They removed that line and re-released it. I don't think the second ad is offensive. That is my view. So there are basically two ads which were released. Both of them are set in a house, two different different houses there's one where a woman is reading the newspaper and she's talking to the camera and there's a her maid is cleaning the house behind her and she basically says that you know forget about us and then the maid walks up and says drama band karo ptm karo same thing is with the electrician the same situation is shown but it's a man talking and uh the electrician says the same thing. These two ads were released on 13th evening. So on 13th evening, this sort of blew up in... Vijay Shekhar was tweeting out the ad. No one really knew that these ad, 
these two adverts were out. It blew up in his face slightly because everyone started commenting on this exact line that it's not drama. People are going through a lot of trouble and especially people who are not, who don't have digital wallets are not being able to use Paytm and you can't just write it off as drama. Now the ad, of course, the creative line has not been written by him. It's by McCann Erickson Delhi, which is their ad agency. It's just strange that someone who is uh, from the kind of, because he's a first generation entrepreneur. Well, okay, let's let's look at Vijay Shekhar Sharma for a moment, yeah. right? This is a man who was born in Aligarh and uh, supposedly had a very modest upbringing. His father was a school teacher. Yeah. He was an extremely bright student from all accounts um, and actually left Aligarh when he uh, came to study in college in Delhi. Hmm. Um, there's a puff piece that says that he had no knowledge of English until he came to Delhi and that was when he first started learning the language. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether the rest of the praise in that article are necessarily true, but what the whole point of mentioning all of this is that this is a man who presumably knows what struggle is about. He's done it himself. Yeah. So in that situation, for him to turn around and say but that... But maybe that's why they withdrew the ad very quickly, fixed it and then re-released it. That's why maybe he didn't dig his heels in. So, I mean, and the point is, one of the limited points I want to make is that there seemed to be this conversation around this ad that, you know, this is liberal bullying and they've... Hmm. Yeah, I saw see, that. See, the numbers are not necessarily what makes people reverse something. If pure numbers are would make people reverse something, we would have had some very bizarre laws and some very good laws as well. Sometimes the merit of the argument, the person on the other side sees, okay, that's an offensive line, I'll remove it and re-release it. That's what they did and I think that's that. I actually liked the fact in the edited version that uh, it wasn't looking down on domestic help or uh, the electricians or the staff. It, it's not realistic, but no one looks at ads for realism. And so far as numbers are concerned, uh, the numbers are emphatically for Paytm. Other mobile wallets have not had the kind of dramatic rise that Paytm has, like Moby Quick and stuff. Well, Free Charge has a full page ad today in the Times of India, so maybe that. So maybe help they'll them. double to five million <laughs> and have what a four hundred, four hundred and thirty-five percent rise in traffic within twenty-four hours of Modi's announcement. See, this is when you have to tell them drama band karo. No, which is my point that I understand, I take what you're saying about what Abhinandan's saying about the fact that at least they withdrew the ad, they edited it and they released it. And this was all because of Twitter, like people were writing to him and it's not like hundreds of people wrote to him on Twitter. I don't think we should take Twitter as a reflection of how much of a response he got offline. Yeah, but on online, it yeah. had not been released on TV, this ad. The first that we saw this ad was when Vijay Shekhar tweeted it out because right. they hadn't even put it. There was nowhere else. He just tweeted right, it out right. and that's how. Then people started writing. There were and he tagged around eight people and he said that you all have... Y'all told me there was something wrong and I've withdrawn okay. it and this thing, which is very good. Yeah, but you know, this is the thing. I have had messages from everybody that I can that I have ever sort of uh, looked up on my phone sending me messages about how I should go cashless with them from restaurants to gyms to banks. I mean, I think every single retail outlet of any sort has been milking this cashless thing for what it can. And it is the little guy that's been affected, but I don't think we can expect an ad to reflect that or expect the CEO of Paytm to feel responsible for that because he won't. He's making hay while the sun shines. As any businessman would. Hmm. 
So a new talent launched itself into our lives last week. That talent, you may not have heard her name, but she is living the life and yes. her name is Ananya Birla. I just want to be painless. In case you are looking for music, it is apparently there somewhere. Living the life is Ananya Birla daughter of Kumar Mangalam Birla 22 year old a ceo i think in her own right and now the talent behind mix of pop and edm that has been mixed by dutch what's DJ. edm electronic dance, dance music, music. Oh, i see okay yeah <laughs> i don't know that hmm. for the longest time i thought it was edamame for short but you know <laughs> i i don't know these things so but it is electronic dance music i have checked and so this ad, this single has been mixed by dutch dj afrojack it's been produced by jim beans with a z if you please and they worked on it for a full year and it was launched at uh, taj lands end with rithik roshan with rithik roshan and uh, like everyone got on stage and danced with her and she had these dancers and so on i love this line from the hindustan times report from her launch as her proud parents looked on ananya descended on the stage it's like <laughs> god came it's amazing so, but you have you have takes on this so abhinandan no yeah the thing is that i don't think she's the first industrialist child to get this kya karna hai bacche gana gana chalo gana gao hum yahan se produce kara de ye jo there was shail oswal who you are the only person who knows who of this knows? human being we have been uh, educated by you on this i yeah, just got to tell our audience <laughs> i i really should become a regular feature on yeah, opera i think so really. now come so shell oswal uh, is oswal is a very prominent family uh, who make hoisery and sweaters mm. and all that from ludhiana punjab jalandhar somewhere mm. so he came with this punjabi album and he's like he wasn't bad he was fucking terrible <laughs> okay, he was so shit that it was amazing that like even mtv channel we put up his videos but i guess if you shall as well and his, he and he has this song he maker the who to nenal pyar mein meri kudi type very pissaddi matlab and lots of sad songs that's how and they describe so, yeah so i'm also. i'm hoping uh, miss birla would do better than shell but if not i am waiting for the shell and kumari birla album the joint edm punjabi but you know speaking of edm when i was young and a two big things have changed in popular culture only two the two major things that like impact my life that would make okay. parties you know unbearable for me today one is when you went for a party you danced hmm. and you danced to songs with lyrics the way you make me feel and you know you like mouthed the lyrics and you like did all that and Dearest now man, when i sorry, see we don't, we have, don't have a video, have a video. i was just when, thinking now when now when you see a party a there are no lyrics it's just ding ding nan ding yeah. nan like so like what the fuck do you do with your mouth <laughs> you know going from people with tons of money to those who apparently have no money in entertainment because of demonetization <gasps> it's very sad it is a sad story but ajay devgan has said <laughs> that his film shivai which released 3 weeks ago by the way but anyway it has apparently suffered because of demonetization but yet he supports it because he is a bharat yeah. ka putra suput what has he said exactly so ajay devgan has said whenever change takes place common man faces problems people from my office are standing in queues and are willing to face problems for a better future this is true even my film is suffering because of this this being demonetization but in front of national interest i find this inconvenience trivial just See, for this he should be given a bharat ratna he's a very good man he's a truly and the thing is that shivay 
was going to pick up in the third week apparently because in the first two weeks it was pitored like a pitara but uh, in the third week it was going to happen but then there was no cash with people yeah. then but what i'm not i'm so surprised is that even the f- little bit of money hmm. that people had they didn't say bachche aaj hum khana hi khayenge aaj hum shivir dekhne jayenge because you know i'm sure that was the quality of his film but the film that i do think has got impacted because this is rock on which, which you saw you did fork out your cash for it i did no, i actually booked on book my show See, oh, yeah. digital. That's not digital. Wall yeah. No, but Dra- still. Okay, <laughs> but but here's the thing. Why why did you want to see Rock On Two? Because I loved Rock On One. Have you seen Rock On One? Yes. Yes. I I call it the male midlife crisis film. Every man in his late thirties and early forties. Of course, you're be- you're on the awful <laughs> and awesome. You are going to be judged. No, honestly, like every banker friend of mine, male mostly, had watched that film. Was like. you know it was in That's me what i was I like to because they all wanted to be everyone Akhtar. everyone wants to be so my first reaction was did everyone want to be in a band that can't spell the word magic no everyone wants to be farhan khan okay i farhan khan okay it's farhan a, so uh, understood it's a midlife crisis film was it a good film yeah i think it was enjoyable i, I liked the film yeah. i had liked the first one i i rolled and, but then uh, i rolled at everything no so. i liked all the characters in the first one i thought everyone acted well i liked the songs in the first one but this time we had actually discussed the promos around two episodes back i think we discussed we the promos we did discuss the promos yeah it. because the promos were also i saw the entire cast on the big boss set and they sang and it was i'm a big farhan akhtar fan i think everything he does is wonderful he's very good looking hmm. all that but uh, when he sang and shraddha kapoor sang with him it was horrendous okay i didn't watch rock on one for his singing because hmm. i think he's got a shit voice hmm. i don't know where the fuck he sings hmm. rock on had a great story part yeah. one and i thought after very very long any indian filmmaker had ended a film well because it's very difficult to end a film but first of all rock on one had a great climax the problem with rock on 2 was and i'm no fan of farhan akhtar i think he's extremely annoying but they set up the characters well because of you know some tragedy that happens he goes away okay. i won't give any, any spoilers but then it just kind of lost lost it i mean mm-hmm. then you could make out whoever wrote it lost control of it and now let me try to end it somehow and the problem is that this boy from bombay Uh, going to save this village in the northeast in meghalaya they go that's and what i yeah, want to ask and because about. he's adopted this village and he's doing cuz you know th- th- those natives don't do anything mm. they can't do jack for themselves i just thought that was that and that's where i think uh, writers in bombay don't get the politics of writing i, I I'm, i'm not saying that the politics is wrong i think they're ignorant of the politics of what of they put down and i see that also. in film after film after film just like i think mayank shekhar or vijay the ptm vijay shekhar ha huh? was not being offensive i think he is just doesn't know he's yeah he's ignorant of the politics of your ad yeah that th- that is the problem but but uh, coming back to the film i think it did suffer because of the demonetization it wasn't full and i would think at least on the first day Also it was the only big film it was the only film that and not just weekend. that i have never seen that mall so empty not just the cinema hmm. the entire mall so i do yeah. think that what mr devgan is saying is true it's just not true for his film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this of course rock on 2 rock on 1 was written by uh, abhishek kapoor rock on 2 that was the other panga that had right? happened yeah yes. that farhan akhtar had a falling out with him and farhan akhtar basically kicked him out of the 
making of the film and they got on someone else to co-write the film so i think he must have written whatever a part of the script and they also got in a new director do you shujat saudagar yeah. yeah so it's his first film the director's first film so i think all those things also worked against it because so abhishek kapoor's script was very good that first one while i i absolutely will concede that demonetization has had some impact on the film's business um rockon 2 made two crores on its first day that's not demonetization all over that's the country yeah wow. it followed up with 2.5 crore on saturday its second day collections were also low and after 3 days or 4 days i think it came to yeah day 3 at the box office 4.5 crore box office collection wow, that's so that's pathetic. not demonetization hmm. that is the audience saying we heard the music uh no Okay, was the music good? No, the music was shit. That's In fact, what, what I was I saying, I heard the soundtrack and it was uh, ghastly. Yeah, my suggestion would have been they should just use the music of the part one as a you know because there's a lot of flashbacks, mm-hmm. so they should just use the flashbacks. From the horrible music of uh, Rock On Two, which uh, dear listener, we have spared you from. I have not mm. put in a clip of that, but I do want you to listen to this: Kate McKinnon, SNL, singing Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah I'm not giving up and neither should you So the late night shows in American TV have a tradition of providing commentary and mostly it's been liberal commentary you don't yeah. find right wingers much on the do they have right wingers on American late night Abhinandan I can't th- I mean they do have shows of the right wing I think Rush Limbaugh is the most influential voice but I am not familiar or aware even forget familiar of any right wing comedy shows mm. I'm not sure right wing has a sense of humor although Across Trump's the world. election maybe they do Huge joke mm-hmm. there like mm. it was a series of jokes right up to the re- election results Now here's the thing right nobody we've heard this so many times over nobody predicted the election results every single late night tv show Michael host Moore. except for him and i don't think yeah. he really meant it but mm. maybe he did but these guys like stephen colbert conan o'brien yeah. uh, john stewart came out of hiding essentially yeah. for this election mm. to crack jokes about it and if you see the stephen colbert show particularly till the day before the election they were so convinced that hillary clinton was going to win and then of course she didn't and every show had had to now respond had to you know had to basically build their credibility from scratch yeah, yeah. i i think the one that stands out for me uh, who i really like and i know our desk editor hates vivek is bill ma yes. uh, who has said till the week he has a weekly show it's not a daily show that it could happen hmm. he could win don't get complacent he could win and he was pretty convinced that he could uh his comeback show uh, was great because he went at trump as only he can hmm. unapologetically i mean he he took the pollsters apart but no more or less i mean i thought he'd come back and say see i told you it wasn't the rant i was expecting but the one that i liked most was uh, john oliver's right so john I- oliver came up with a 30 minute yeah. uh, special and usually his uh web shows are not more than 12 15 maximum 20 mm. minutes where he gave a full 30 minutes it came out later than i think it usually does and hbo 
we are not appreciative of you trying to block Indian audiences from watching it. I don't know Cows. why that is. Why though? would they do that though? Because, because they're bastards. Now. But, but anyway. why? But you know, are there other shows? I was very surprised that they pulled it down. Yeah. But anyway, people have you know kind of. Fortunately, the internet is a beautiful place. And once you put it up on YouTube someone in one place, someone has a mirror. We've got a link for you down at the bottom of this podcast if you're yeah, I think on he very effectively um, took apart Trump and uh, demonstrated the hypocrisy of uh, you know wanting to change stuff, whereas he's he's none of that. But I loved what Stephen Colbert said that I, I would say that I didn't do it; it was him, it was so and so. Is what a pussy would say. <laughs> We're still here. Bring it on. And this is why I think American comedy is great. Not just American, even French or UK. Mm. I'm not familiar with other countries. In India, if you were to make a joke like that yeah, on any politician, you'd be shut out. And we keep just thumping our democracy. Popular culture demonstrates the robustness of your democracy. And in that, dude, we are fucking crawling and our jhund wants to gallop chill out the only time they've commented on politicians is when uh sharuk and Seth were hosting film fair i think and they cracked a joke about amar singh and amitabh Bachchan stood up in the audience and and, he, left. and yeah i thought that it was all part of the show but then i was told no he was actually upset and amar singh complained and they had to apologize because he which okay what they said was also like they said, oh, look at Amar Singh's looking at the actresses. Don't miss it. <laughs> so, but that you can't say anything because you don't know which politician. That's only did. Amar Singh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Imagine if you were to tell me what the Gandhis or Modi. Yeah, they'd be dead. Of but course, you can say anything about the Gandhis today. Now you can. So but when you're not in power, you can. Uh, no, but wait, wait. It's taken a while since the Gandhis were out of power for us to get over our worshipful mode for them. Yeah, for, for, forget media. Even who we trash as bhakts today. Yeah. I know many bhakts jinki peeni nikalti thi when the UP was in power. Now yeah. suddenly all of them have chappan yeah, ki yeah. I said if you felt so strongly Why were you how silent? come I don't remember you saying jack shit like four hmm. years ago but then that's... But more than saying things because yes of course you should be able to say things and have the freedom to do all of that. What I like about the American late night show tradition with the comedians and hmm. stand-up sort of uh, taking charge of these interviewer seats and doing the monologues that they do at the start of their shows um is that is that it prizes satire and it prizes the fact that when you can crack a joke about it, it does actually stay in your head. Yeah. Listen to this bit from Stephen Colbert. The Republican Party spent almost the entirety of this election in panic trying to stop Donald Trump from being their nominee. And when they could not, surprise. <laughs> Why do bad things happen to good people? You finally have the answer the Electoral College. <laughs> so another person who had a really sort of uh, heartfelt reaction to this was Samantha B, who does this show called Full Frontal. And Samantha B, before the elections, had done a small segment about Russian media, saying that this is the future for America if Donald Trump is elected, because Donald Trump supposedly has the backing of Putin and uh, certainly has businessmen who seem to be backed by Putin in his camp. So uh, Samantha B's show also holds the achievement of being the most diverse late night show writing team. And 
part of her joke was this is the wrong era to have a diverse writing team. <laughs> like, this <laughs> nice. is not a group of writers who are going to work well in this presidency. And she has this bit, uh, you have to see the video where she says, this is what they gave me as my script. Yeah. And it's just gibberish. <laughs> it's like 15 abusive lines like, you know, at and star and because that's where they are as a diverse group. There was also, uh, speaking of diversity, Daily Show, which made a little bit of history when they got Trevor Noah, the South African uh, comedian, as the host to replace Jon Stewart. Um, he had Hassan Minaj, and you saw that, right, Abhinandan? Yeah, um, he made a great joke about his mother. Um, Hassan Minaj is one of the correspondents. Of yeah, the, he the, has the hmm. tag of senior political yeah. analyst. He's also a stand-up himself. <laughs> On that show, so he was talking about how his mother has, you know, gone back home to the country, and uh, which I'm assuming is India. Uh, is India, right? So he said that she called up to say that, and this he said in all seriousness, it wasn't funny, and you could make out it's not funny in the sense he means it. And he said, what's tragic is she said, and she's a U.S. citizen. She's been in the U.S. for 30 years. So then can I come back? Will I be able to come back? And he said, the thing is, I couldn't for sure tell her, yes, you will. Yeah. And then he went on to make a joke. He, that was the setup. And he said, because I really need her back because I love her. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And also because she owes me $300. <laughs> and then that broke the tension. Yeah. But there's a palpable tension that they built up on a comedy show. And then they broke that with a punchline. I think it was very well done. And this whole debate, I've written a piece on it. Uh, to borrow Anand's line, uh, this whole thing of the right-wing resurgence and stuff and being as civilized or as, you know, accomplished or forward-looking, I think the day any right-winger can do comedy well, then we can talk to them as equals. Until then, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I would also recommend the uh, speech that Stephen Colbert made just after the election results were announced yeah. when he said that we've just been focusing and obsessing over these politics so much that it's been too much. And he said these are the things we can do and he listed a whole bunch of things. That and also CNN uh, News carried a report on for the first time uh, SNL didn't do comedy, it did drama. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it made it to CNN as well. But um, I, I think what you said that they actually believe their politics and it's not just a script. I think that's true for any good... I'll, I'll use the word art but it sounds mm. too heavy a word I've, if you're to be really good at what you're doing mm. you gotta believe it you yeah. can't and, and the thing is so comedy and politics should come mm. naturally to you for example I'd just like to point you to that Bill O'Reilly's show when they tried mm. to do comedy you know when they sent that guy to a neighborhood where there were a lot of Chinese or Japanese uh, to, ask? Uh, to ask and uh, and feel free to judge me for not knowing the difference but honestly I can't if I have a Japanese person, a Chinese person, Chinese friend, I cannot say which one is Chinese or Japanese. But they did this whole satire piece. Hmm. I think that was the right's attempt at humor. Hmm. Hmm. And oh boy, how badly did that bomb. And how unfunny was it? Hmm. Speaking of someone who got the funniest bang on point was the old Monty Python guys. John Cleese. I thought we can find a silver lining like... Uh... <sighs> can you think of one? <laughs> The merchandise. The merchandise. Oh, yeah. He's going to have great fun. merchandise. That's and he's going to have an interesting cabinet. I was watching CNN yesterday, you yeah. know, and he's going to have Christie, he's going to have Giuliani, he's going to have Newt Gingrich. Right. He's trying to get O.J. Simpson. <laughs> but the point is, he could start a pirate ship with that lot. <laughs> <laughs>
John Cleese and Eric Idle were on Conan O'Brien's yeah. show. Now, here's the thing. Coco, at one point of time, was one of the best commentators hmm. in this space. He has just something has happened. He's lost his writers, I think. Uh, these were obviously not his jokes. Whoever was writing the good jokes is gone. I think he sort of went off when Jay Leno left and then... Conan was given his part and yeah, then it just he bombed. Yeah, and yeah. he bombed like really, which I don't think he'd ever bombed in his life. So he just went because there has been a so change. Ever he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't recovered since then. But, but what a show! But he had a great show right after the election results were announced, and it included John Cleese, who had a beautiful moment where he said that I think this is wonderful for America because finally you have a KGB-approved president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's just hilarious throughout. The other thing about British humor is they actually manage to say it with, so like, they know when to stop for laughter. They keep a straight face. They say very funny things on the off the cuff, absolutely. And John Cleese then wrote a letter to the citizens of United States of America, which basically says, now that you've screwed up your elections, we are taking back your independence. So now you're going to be <laughs> part of United Kingdom because you... Don't know how you to... You were given a chance and you yeah. fucked up. And he has many points out of which number six is one of my favorites. You will no longer be allowed to own or carry guns or anything more dangerous in public than a vegetable peeler. Because you are not sensible enough to handle potentially dangerous items, you need a permit to carry that vegetable peeler also. Okay, no, 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 wait. You've missed my favorite one as, you know someone who's been on the desk for years and then gone out reporting and then come back to look at what has been done to my yeah, copy by desk. Oh, the use. The second point, there is no such thing as US English. We let Microsoft know on your behalf. The Microsoft spell checker will be adjusted to take account of the reinstalled letter U. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's then number hilarious. nine, learn to make real chips. Those things you call French fries, they're not real chips. Fries aren't French. They are Belgian, though. 97.8% of you. <laughs> yeah, even number 12 is very good. Uh, no, number 13. Please tell us who killed JFK. It's been driving us crazy. Trump may be really bad for world politics, but, very but good he's great for, for comedy. And as we saw from our newspapers, Hindi and English, the day after, the wit that doesn't come across in Indian newspapers for our politicians just came out full yeah. frontal for him. Absolutely. So, hooray for that. All right, so it's that time when we wrap up because we have told you so much and given you so much to see and watch and hopefully you will write, us, write in and tell us whether you agreed with us and if you didn't agree with us, uh, hopefully you will also subscribe so that we can keep bringing you wonderful things like, well, this show as well as uh, other shows that we do. Please look up NL Hafta, which you probably already do. If you don't, you should. That's two hours of your life taken and you will be up to date with everything that you needed to know. We've also got a show on sports, Sport Nuts. It's called Just Sport because we didn't want to con you with the title. And uh, of course, there is uh, our website, which you should go to, particularly to hit on the subscribe button. Our question this week has to do with uh, the triumph of popular entertainment as far as I'm concerned. Last year, there was a award-winning series that came out on American Netflix, which you can see in our Netflix as well, happily. It's called Making a Murderer. Mm. And in Making a Murderer, there is a particularly uh, gripping case that's been badly investigated over the years that they looked at, re-looked at rather. 
So news just came out that Brendan Dassey, who was convicted of murder back in 2005, has been given immediate release. Are you happy? Yes, I am. They are going to reinvestigate it. But till they reinvestigate it, he's a free man. He's out there. So you've seen Making a Murderer, yeah, right, Abhinandan? You binged episodes. on that one. I binged on that. In fact, over two days, I watched the entire series. <laughs> and then I read all the commentary on it. Yeah. And I also followed the story that CNN did when this case had been reopened. I have problems with the series. I think it shows just one side. I, for me, that case is still inconclusive. So do you believe Brendan Dassey is innocent? I don't believe he's innocent, but I don't think there is enough evidence to pronounce him guilty. And that is what justice works on. It doesn't matter whether I think he's innocent. For one, I don't believe how you can rip a person apart and not have a shred of blood anywhere. Just that one thing. Anyway, you guys see the show. But you should see the show primarily because it will help you answer the question for this week, (laughs) which is, who was Brendan Dassey convicted of murdering? Please give name and uh, send it in to us at contact at newslaundry.com. And on that happy note, it's time to say goodbye. So thank you, Abhinandan, for joining us this time. My pleasure. Thank you, Ms. Sen. Thank you, Ms. Paul. It's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.